I started off bad. <laughs> All right, let's just get into this thing. Here's the title this morning. Spiritual Atmospheres. Spiritual Atmospheres. Creating spiritual atmospheres in us so that we may be led of the Spirit. Because the reality is God is wanting the reality of what it means to be led in the Spirit. And that it, it becomes real in us. And so, what is this? Establishing spiritual atmospheres in us. Because an atmosphere determines how things grow, how things occur. And so let's look at some of this stuff. Let's go to the next slide, Brennan. This is where we, where we spoke first, the first time. That Jesus, being full of the Spirit, was led about, returned to the Jordan, and was led about around in the, by the Spirit in the wilderness. So in the wilderness, he's led by the Spirit. That's a characteristic of the Son of God. That is the whole thing that we're about in dwelling places, empowering one another to grow up into the very likeness and the image of Jesus. So if Jesus is led about in the Spirit, so also that is our destiny. And that's where you see in Romans 8, 14, where it says, for, for all who are being led of the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, that is a characteristic of a son or daughter of God. You know, we talked about in Dwelling Place how there's people, how of us can be, have areas in our heart that think like an orphan, like a slave, a child. But God is birthing our heart into the, to the heart of a son or daughter of God. And the characteristic of a heart of a son or daughter of God is to be led about in the Spirit. Where the totality of all of who the Spirit of God is is manifested in your life and my life. And so, let's go on. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, well then, this is what we established before. It's, it's a place of hearing the leading of the Holy Spirit. Like in John 10, 3 through 5, where Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. So, we follow him because we know his voice. Or also, you see, see the leadings of the Spirit. Like in, Rome, in Acts chapter 8, verse 30, where Philip goes up, the Spirit says, go join that chariot. He goes up and he sees the Ethiopian eunuch reading from the book of Isaiah. There he recognized that God was doing something. So he saw it. Because John 5, 519 says, Jesus says, the Son does nothing of himself except what he sees the Father doing. What he sees the Father doing, that he does. So that's characteristic of being led by the Spirit. Hearing. Seeing, or like in Colossians 3.15, the feeling of the leading of the Spirit. Motions are signals of events. And the Spirit of God will signal to us, like Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule, literally rule or referee in your heart. So that all of our life is either hearing the Spirit, or seeing and recognizing what the Spirit is doing, or feeling what he's telling us to do, directing us. Well, let's go to the next passage. Because here's the question. How much of a day are you and I led of the Spirit? And how you can tell that if you're led of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit is present in your life. That's the number one way you can tell. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, self-control. You know, in the totality of those things. And that's how you can tell you are. 
So, you know, I, I, you know, if we could, and I wouldn't do this, but I asked the question, how many of us in this room are led of the Spirit? And it would be interesting to me. I would say there would be very few of us. Because I would say this, God is doing a thing in me to be led of the Spirit. There's a lot of different areas in my heart that does not think like a son of God to be led of the Spirit. And so that's the cool thing with Jesus. There's no condemnation. You never fail a test. You just get to retake it. And so that's the cool thing. He's growing us in this place to be led of the Spirit, hearing, feeling, seeing his effects. Let's go. In this past scripture, notice this. Concerning, I'm sorry, go back one. There you go. Concerning him, we have much to say. And it's hard to explain. That is kind of interesting to me. The writer of Hebrews saying, it's hard for me to explain this to you. Why? Because that's what he says. Since you have become dull of hearing. But solid food is for the mature. Because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good from evil. I, when I preached a few weeks ago before I went overseas, I told you that one of the main things that we want to do in Dwelling Place, especially on Sunday morning, is to create an atmosphere where you and I can experience to hear and discern and tune in to the voice, the, the, the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Because, y'all, the world is too crazy for us to play church and come in here and and sing some songs, and hear an inspiring sermon. You can do that online. You and I need a place that where, by practice, we have our senses trained to what? Discern, here it says discern good from evil. Well, what is that? That's, that is being led of the Spirit. Now, where I'm going to go today is, may make some of you feel uncomfortable when I and I apologize in the beginning. But that is the destiny of us, to go into the reality of our God. Now, here's the crazy thing about our God before I say any more. He is a spiritual being. He is a spirit. And those who come to him must come to him, how? In spirit. John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. And so... It's, it's, it's in the spiritual realm that we've got to go because that's who he is and that's how he reveals himself to us. So if the Holy Spirit, here's the question, if the Holy Spirit is speaking, he's, 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 he's ev evoking emotions of the Spirit and he's doing something in the Spirit, what kind of revelations are those? Well, if the Holy Spirit's communicating something, what kind of revelation would we call that in terms? What kind? Spiritual. Right? I mean, Holy Spirit's a spirit, and if he's saying something, doing something, it's going to be what? Spiritual. So I started thinking about this. I'm thinking, God, is being led of the Spirit just, and you're going to appreciate this, Barbie, is being led of the Spirit Simple as just hearing, seeing, and feeling? And the Lord spoke to me and says, yes and no. <laughs> it is. 
That simple. And no. Because he is always revealing himself. He's always doing something. And you can just think, how many of us in this room, how many of us have been in a grocery store or, at a, or in a, at a getting pump and gas or somewhere that there was somebody around you hurting? And the question is, did you hear it? Did you feel it? Did you see it? If not, very possibility you become dull of hearing, dull of feeling, or dull of seeing. Or there is another thing that you're not ready to, to catch it. Uh, you know, I played baseball. And one of my heroes back in the day was a guy named Nolan Ryan, who it is said that he threw a fastball 108 miles an hour. He's the all-time strikeout leader in Major League Baseball. And, uh, and I don't know whether it was official, because back in those days, I don't think the the radar guns were as accurate today. But to catch a Nolan Ryan fastball, you had to have a catcher's net. <laughs> you ain't going to catch a Nolan Ryan fastball with a regular old you know, outfielder's glove. Well, you could try. That would be the last one you'll do. But, but, but the reality is you'd have to have a catcher's net. So if the Holy Spirit is speaking and revealing he is going to be speaking in the spirit. You've got to have a catcher's man. What kind of catcher's man? A spiritual catcher's man. And I'm saying, God, okay, what is this? What are you saying? What are you saying to me? And, and he showed me a picture of sitting in a car and, uh, and it raining. Surprise. But as it was raining, a drop would come out of heaven, and there would be drops on your windshield. But when a drop of water hit the windshield, what would it do? It hit another drop, and what it would do? They wouldn't repel, but they would what? Connect. They would join. Water is attracted to water. And God say, was saying to me, go to the next slide. Notice this statement. The spiritual revelations of the Holy Spirit are looking for the spiritual in us to draw and connect to. Now, what am I saying? Notice this passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It starts in verse 9. Powerful passage of Scripture where it says, I has not seen, for it is written, I has not seen, who, who's not heard, what is that right? Did I get it right? Who among men knows? The, yeah. For he's written, things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which have not entered in the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Man, God, you've revealed, a, you've given us a whole bunch of stuff. Am I walking in it? Are, are we as a church walking in it? And notice what it says. For God, them. what's the tense of that? Past tense. God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And y'all know who've been around me much. There's a statement that I hate to hear where it says, there's some things that we won't know until we get to heaven. I hate that statement 
Because my belief is that we can know everything. Because it says, he even searches all things, even the deep things of God. Jesus said in John, John 15, 15, it's, you know, no longer do I call you slaves, but friends. For a slave does not know what his master is doing. For all things I have heard from my father, I make known to you. All things. So he's revealed it. Question is, have I been catching it? But if I'm going to catch it, how am I going to catch it? And it goes on to say, keep going, uh, Brennan. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? That's big. That'll come in later. Even so, the thoughts are literally the depths of God no one knows except the spirit of God. In fact, I want to say this to you where it says thoughts there. Really, a better translation is depths. Who among, who among men knows the depths of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the depths of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, watch this next passage of scripture. For now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Freely, y'all. Free. 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 Can you say free? <laughs> it's free. You remember, eye has not seen, ears not heard, all that God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, immeasurable things he's prepared for us, and they're free. They're free. They're there. But are we stepping into it? Are we hearing it? And notice what it says. It says, it says so we've been other things freely given to us, God, which things we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but watch this, but in those taught by the Spirit. Now, the word thoughts and words are not there in the Greek. Combining spiritual with spiritual. Spiritual with spiritual. And then God showed me that our heart, our soul, is like a sponge. It's a sponge. And I, I apologize, this has been a crazy week. Haven't gotten back from Croatia, so I'm way behind in, in life. But I was going to have illustration here. I was going to have a video, but it was in my mind. It was really cool. <laughs> but imagine this. I've got a, a, one of Paula's Pyrex dishes, <laughs> and, uh, and I have a sponge. I have two sponges. And one sponge I have just, just dampened, soaked in water. And I put it down in a sponge. I mean, down in, the, down in the bowl. And if I pour water into that sponge, what will happen is the water in the sponge will empower the sponge to absorb the water. So the question is, is my soul creating a spiritual atmosphere to attract and receive the spiritual revelations of the Holy Spirit? That's the question. Because it's kind of interesting here. This is, this is verse 13. Notice the next verse. The soulish man does not accept the things of the Spirit. Because y'all, you've got to realize this, there's three different types of Christians in, in, mentioned in 1 Corinthians. There's the spiritual man or woman, and we'll see that in a few minutes. 
Well, we're, we're talking about it right now. There's the soulish and there's the fleshly. And we'll see that in a second. And here it's saying the soulish, which the soulish person is the intellectual man or woman. The one that tries to think things through, has to think things through, has to be in control, has to figure it out. That's the soulish man or woman. Because this, in the soulish man or woman, according to this past scripture, cannot, notice what? Accept the things of the Spirit. For they are foolishness to them. Because we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about speaking in tongues. And you know what? I've heard people say to me, why in the world would you want to speak in tongues? What is so stupid? In fact, I had my dad even say that. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. It's foolish. Foolish. You can't accept it. So if my sponge, then the Lord showed me this. He says, okay, take that same pyrex dish, take another sponge, take it and, and saturate it or dampen it with vegetable oil and put it down in the bottom of the dish. Pour water over it. What will happen? Will the sponge absorb the water? No. So if you're in my spirit, I mean our soul, the sponge of our soul, heart and mind, is saturated with the oil of soulishness, cannot accept the things of the Spirit. They're foolish. Let's go on to the next slide. Fleshly. 1 Corinthians 3.1. Paul's speaking to the Corinthians. He says, brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual men. That's the, that's the man or woman that so, the, the sponge of their soul is saturated with water. Of the spirit. But it says, I could not speak to you as spiritually, but men of flesh as infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you're not able to receive it. You're not able to receive it. Because why? He's saying that you're fleshly. Well, the fleshly man or woman, they can't handle the things of the spirit. In fact, go to the next slide. I don't know if I put it on here. Notice this, what the fleshly mind cannot handle spiritual, but literally repels spiritual revelations because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God, not even able to do so. For the flesh sets its desires against the, the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for their opposition to one another. That's like water and oil, water and oil, water and oil. I got online and I, I was looking for some cool illustrations of Water and oil. And they think there's all kind of crazy cool illustrations in the, on YouTube. Water and oil. They took two, one guy took a, a big, thank you, beaker. Oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, I remember that chemistry days. And he filled it full of water. And he took another one and he filled it full of, uh, of oil. And he had the water like right here. And he put a, a lid on the, a piece of, uh, paper on the one and he flipped it upside down. I would not try that here. And he perfectly lined up the, the two beakers, one the top one with the oil and the one with one with water. And he pulled the paper out and all of a sudden the oil just, no wait a minute, I had it reversed. Yeah, it's water on the bottom, water on the top and oil on the bottom because water goes to the bottom and oil goes to the top. And it would completely separate all the time. They can't mix. Water and oil don't mix normally. 
Flesh and spirit don't mix. Spirit and soul don't mix. So Holy Spirit's been doing revelations. He's been saying things. He's been speaking things. But is my soul saturated with the things of the flesh or the things of the spirit? And how you can tell? Let's go to the next slide. The mindset on the flesh. Now, this is a past scripture we use in dwelling place a lot. And we use it as the swivel chairs. You know, how about we got the swivel chair of the soul in the middle, and you got the flesh over here and the spirit here. Where your swivel chair is focused, set, is determines whether you're in the flesh or the spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. That illustration is accurate to a point. That Greek word there for set is a little bit more than just set like turn your swivel chair it literally means to be saturated in fact that's where I'm getting this it means to be saturated with the things of the spirit the mind saturated with things of flesh is what death death means what separated so if there's things in our lives who we're being separated from I mean destinies love life you feel, you feel a separation. That is, a, that is an indicator of a mind that's been saturated with the flesh or a sponge of the flesh. But notice what it says. The mindset on the spirit. Mind saturated with the spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I evoke the totality of life and peace. You know, I had a trip to the ER this morning with, uh, with my heart. And, and I had some cool revelations that there's places in my heart that are not saturated, my spiritual heart, are not saturated with the things of the spirit. Because as heart saturated, spiritual heart saturated with the things of the spirit, will evoke what? Life and peace. And it's been a really crazy, cool journey on this. And so, you know, it's cool and it's not cool. Let's put it that way. Not cool. <laughs> I don't like going to ERs. <laughs> but it's also cool when God goes, you know, there's some saturation that needs to occur in your life. Go to the next slide. Let me show you this. This is kind of interesting because it says, go to the next slide, 1 Corinthians 2.15. For he who is spiritual appraises all things. See, the, the heart or mind that's saturated with the spirit has the ability to discern the soulish, the fleshly, and the spirit. That's why I love being around Men and, men and women of God who are, you know, awesome men and women of God that are professional, that are, love Jesus, but are awesome in their field, whatever it may be in business or, or education or engineers or architects or construction. Yeah, that's why I love, you know, Jim. I mean, you can't get no better in construction than Jim Evil, you know, but the cool thing is he's, he can get on a job and tell you what needs to be done physically, but he can get on a job and tell you where the Holy Ghost is at in the house. 
I like that. Concerns all things, you know. Or how to count beans, the dollars that it takes to do the task. A spiritual man or woman can discern all things. It is not true that you can be so heavily minded and not to be any earthly good. That's not true. If you're truly heavenly minded, you will be very earthly good. And that's why, like, I think, you know, like I, y'all, you know, a few months ago I shared with y'all about Chick-fil-A and how I see the success that's occurred in their business. And I believe it's because they've taken a heavenly-minded approach to doing business. And so the spiritual man discerns all things. So anyway, so how do you and I saturate our minds with the things of the Spirit? Now, I want to go through the first parts of this really quick. Because there's basically, now y'all, this is talking about in our heart. This is talking about here. Here. I'm not talking about corporate. It is relevant for corporate. But this is a word for you and I here. And it's for you and I to take ownership in our lives. Because too many times I've had people come to me to have me to pray for them. And they're, I'm trying to lead them into spiritual revelations and their heart is not saturated with the things of the spirit it may be flesh or soul so the revelations of God will come and sit into their soul and after a little while guess what it's gone it's gone but God's calling us to be a body of, of men and women of the spirit so how do we walk in that well the first thing is it's kind of crazy to think about it is living in the spirit in the adversities of life. Now let me show you an example of this. Go to the next slide, please. Notice Romans 8:13 says, "But if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. You will die. Mindset on the flesh is death." But watch this. If by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh, the body, you will live. In other words, y'all, you know how you get you know how you get victory over flesh patterns? You live to the spirit. That's the, over, that's the simple form. You want to get victory in, in, over a flesh pattern? Live to the Spirit. Like the more, that's like that night Paul and I are in a, an, a discussion. <laughs> and we're discussing things. And she makes a critical error in her argument. <laughs> and I see the doorway. I can get her. Then I heard the Spirit say, love her. And I said, but God, I can get her. I can, that's right. And Mitch says, I can only have a few chances for these opportunities, God. And I wish I could. That mighty man of God, faith and power and love said, yes, I will live to the spirit. In that moment, I didn't. I took it and I did and it wasn't good. And I ended up repenting. Now, I have won some of those like that. But that moment, I lived to the flesh. Sort of like Mitch. When Mitch preached, he talked about those inklings, those doorways of the Spirit to see what the Holy Spirit's saying and leading in. But when you and I leave, live into the Spirit, into adversities of life, it imprints on you and I the heart of a son or daughter of God. Notice this past scripture in John Matthew 5, 44. I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. 
Notice the statement. So that, literally in the Greek, that you may become sons of God. Y'all, anytime you've got an enemy or somebody persecuting you, you know what it is? It's an opportunity to become a son or daughter of God. John, would you get a ticket? <laughs> or, you know, any of us. We get those, you know, you get those button pusher moments. It, somebody's really just, and they're going like this. You know? And God's going, live to the Spirit. But God, I want to put them straight. You know what they've done? But when you live to the Spirit in those moments, guess what? It imprints a spiritual atmosphere in your soul of the Spirit. So living to the Spirit in the adversities of life. And I can say much, much more for this, but for experience sake, I'm going to go on. Go to the next one. Praise, worship, and thanksgiving. Let us, therefore, I urge you by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Notice what it says. Acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Worship, praise. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of the lips that gives thanks to his name. So when you worship in the midst of adversities, you know, that's, you know, man. Oh, just to, that song by Jonathan Melissa, Raise a Hallelujah. You know, sometimes that's all you can do. You know, you know, you put up a flag, you know, when you surrender, you know, put up the flag, the surrender, white flag. Well, it's so sorry, it's the, the devil. I'm sorry, I'm not putting up a white flag. I'm just putting up a flag that says, hallelujah. Daniel and I were in Jay. We're going from uh, Zagreb to Dubrovnik. And you fly on one of these little puddle jumpers, you know, prop planes. And I just happened to notice on the forecast that it was going to be bad weather in Dubrovnik and windy. It sits on the sea and I go, strong winds and sea and a little plane. <laughs> now it's, it's not as bad taking off. We did that one time flying out of, out of I don't know who was with me at the time we flew out of uh, Montenegro to, to Belgrade, I think it was, in one of those. It's not too bad. I mean, you just get bounced around a lot taking off, but for some reason landing can get really spooky. You know, so anyway, we're coming in, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for it. And then, I, you know, we get, we get to the place close to Dubrovnik, and the plane starts, <laughs> like a basketball, wasn't it, Daniel? And, you know, you could sense around you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were sitting in the back with some Chinese. <laughs> And so I, I just, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm sitting there, and it bounced around, and I'm going, well, praise the hallelujah. <laughs> and so I started singing that song. You know, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, the louder, <laughs> I'm going to let my praise. <laughs> so I got my head over the weird, and I'm, I'm singing that song. 
And this Chinese girl, she's next over here, and I'm going over here, you know, and I'm singing this song, and I can just feel my soul starting to be saturated with the Spirit. And it's so cool that when we were flying by Dubrovnik, I mean, I'm just able to, the plane's bouncing around like a basketball, and, uh, and I'm looking at, the, looking at Dubrovnik and finding, trying to find where uh, Nano and Yalsa live, the couple that we stay with. And it was just cool. And, uh, you know, and I have to say it was kind of interesting coming into the airport there. And you thought the pilot was going to land on one wheel. <laughs> so, but, you know, raise a hallelujah. You're dressing yourself with the Spirit. Get up in the morning. Raise him a hallelujah. Saturating yourself with the things of the Spirit to set yourself ready to hear the leadings of the Spirit. Go to the next one. And this is where I want to go. How about saturating ourselves with the spiritual word of God? I mean, Jesus says, it is the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. To saturate ourselves with the word of God, your souls. Like, you know, in Psalm 119, 11, where it says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Saturating ourselves with the word of God. Like Jesus says, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Whatever you wish, it will be done for you to saturate yourself with the Word of God. Who God is. Who, who, who we are. What He's saying about our circumstances. To saturate your hearts. He waits on high to have compassion on us. He longs to be gracious to us. You know, surely goodness and loving kindness shall what? Follow me all the days of my life. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. No matter what, to saturate your heart with the Word of God. Jesus says in John 7, 7, 17, 17, Father, sanctify them in truth. Sanctify means to set apart. Sanctify them in truth. Thy Word is truth. The, the measure of your heart and my heart to be saturated with the Word of God is the measure which you will be set apart from the world. You cannot be different from the world without saturating your hearts with the Word of God. So, so looking for the opportunities of, the, of, of, of obstacles and adversities to live in the Spirit in those things establishes in our hearts things of the Spirit. Praise and worship. What am I just talking about? Word of God. <laughs> Saturating ourselves. And so that when the, when, the, when, the, when the rain of the revelation of the Spirit comes in your life, it will be drawn to the Spirit that's in your soul. And instead of a soul that's saturated with oil of flesh or soulishness, it will be drawn to the water of the Spirit. You'll hear it. Now here's the one that I really want to spend some time on. We're a we're, I'm going to use some terms here. We're a Pentecostal, charismatic church, whatever. And I know there's a movement in the body of Christ now that we're on Sunday mornings that you try to let it be benign. Well, we ain't never been good at being benign. And I don't, I mean, I'm not knocking any other church. But we just, you know, like I said earlier, our heart is to provide an atmosphere for every one of us in this room can learn to listen to the Spirit of God. 
Because he is good, y'all. He is good. He is love. Too many times gifts of the Spirit and Holy Ghost stuff gets to be the end. It is not the end. It is just, it's just part of who he is. You know, it's just sort of like the effects of wind blowing through the trees. The leaves, the leaves on the trees is not it. The leaves on the trees are just bearing witness that wind had come by. So when gifts and manifestations of the Spirit manifest themselves, all it is, it's not the end. It's just a manifestation that the Holy Ghost doesn't come on by. <laughs> like I heard the, the awesome, you know, black church one time. You know, I love black churches. Yep, we need some, we need some black in here. <laughs> like an old guy was preaching, he goes, you done stepped in it now, you might as well go on through. You're like, well, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorites was, he goes, also, he goes, the preacher's going, he said, guy in the back goes, cut me, cut me. I'm going, Oh, man. <laughs> or use him, use him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Go to the next slide, Brennan. Praying in the Holy Spirit, tongues. I remember Paul and I, whew, I'm not going to say anything bad. <laughs> we were raised up in a church, in churches, that didn't know anything about the gifts of the Spirit. Tongues. In fact, you could be out with Christians and you go, tongues. You didn't want anybody to know. You know? Because it was sort of taboo to speak. I mean, it was so intense in our relationship. I will tell them this. It's okay. <laughs> well, I was, I was stupid, Holy Ghost. I mean, stupid. I'm, I don't even sit Holy Ghost. I was stupid. I mean, I would lay hands on Paul at night when she's asleep. Lord God, get her. Let her come up speaking in tongues. That'll show her it's true, Lord. And then she's hurt because of people who, people like me. And when I told her I spoke in tongues, she took her wedding ring off. Because her heart was so hurt. Of people like me. <laughs> and so, you know, but y'all, it's, it's a gift from God to connect into the Spirit. Notice these passages of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 2 and 4. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in spirit he speaks mysteries. For one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. 14, 14. For I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the mind also. Now, you, don't you, I'll say to y'all, there's different ways to pray. In fact, there's like six different ways that I know to pray. But what we're talking about now is strengthening ourselves in the Lord. Okay? So there's many different ways to pray. But I'm talking about praying in the spirit. Praying in tongues. Not a message in tongues in the body. 1 Corinthians 14 Talks, uh, 12, 13, and 14, is talks about that. Different ways that tongues manifest itself. But I'm talking about it as a gift from God to just literally talk with God. In fact, I will tell you this. In 14.5, Paul makes a statement, I will that you all spoke in tongues. So it's not, 
It's the will of God for every person to be able to pray in tongues. Why? Because I want to share some things with you about that. Let's go to the next slide, Brennan. First thing I want to establish. Ta-da! There it is. Praying in the Holy Spirit is speaking directly to God. Notice what it says. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. No one understands. The Greek word there for understand is not the word for understand. It's the Greek word for hear. Literally hear. Can't hear it. I remember one time there was a girl that we were praying about. She, she was having trouble speaking in tongues and knew God was giving it to her. And so I prayed over and I said, now I want you to go in the room by yourself and I want you to go, go talk to God about this. She goes back. A few minutes later, she comes out. She's all kind of hopping around, you know, bouncing around. And I go, well, what did he say to you? He said, it's mine and your secret code. Uh, that's it. Spray in a tongue. You speak to God. You ain't speaking to people around you. You're speaking to God. And that's why a lot of times it doesn't profitable, like for me right now, if I just start speaking in tongues and just start praying in tongues, you're going, you're going, that's really good, Rick. <laughs> because you're not being edified. And we'll talk about this in a second. But it's, this is for me. And that's why you don't, it's not a thing to just wide open, do it in the middle of the sanctuary. Because it's secret code. It's yours and God. You are speaking directly to God. It's sort of like the hotline between Russia and the United States. You remember, I don't know if they still have that. Have you still have the red phone? I had a friend one time whose father died at age 40. She's sitting at the funeral, you know, at the graveside. Grief and sorrow was just rampant. Her dad, and, and she's sitting there, and all of a sudden she hears the Lord say, pray in tongues. And she said, God, here, pray to yourself. Pray in tongues. So she started praying, and she could feel it. Just lifting up. In fact, go to the next slide. That's what it tells you. But if I pray in a tongue, notice what it says. The one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Y'all, nowhere in Scripture is the Greek word for edify bad. <laughs> it's just a place to do it. I mean, where do I build myself up? I mean, it's like me saying, hey, all y'all come down to the gym with me and watch me work out. <laughs> now some of you go, we'd well, like to see that. <laughs> but, but it's like that. I mean, if you're speaking in tongues, you speak to God. You edify yourself. Notice this passage in Jude 20. Beloved, building yourself up, up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying, building yourself up. This Greek word for building up here is a little different than edify. It literally means to build upon. Because what you're doing is you're, you're saturating in, in the things of the Spirit. You're strengthening your, the ties into the spiritual realm. I mean, I, I, while I, 
while worship's going on. Man, I'm just praying in the spirit. I'm praying in tongues on the front here. In fact, y'all, man, there was a time when uh, y'all were doing a song. We were doing a song today. There were, man, we could. But be, I thank God Ben took us there at the end. He, he caught that. We caught that. Those are moments, really, for opportunity to really just get into the spirit. Remember it says you can sing with the mind and you can sing in the spirit. You can pray with the mind and pray in the spirit. In fact, let's go to that, go to the next slide. Because if mind is unfruitful, notice these two past scripture. First one, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Some people say, well, that's bad. This is why tongues is bad. Let me tell you something. When your mind is, head is full of fear, what in the world is the best thing to do? Disconnect. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I could do this. Um, All right, Amory, I want you to read this past scripture. Okay? Well, that's all right. You don't need it. But I want you to read this past scripture right here. Verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1. Okay, go ahead. Now it came about. What's your name? No, I said read. Now it came What's about your name? <laughs> she can't do two things at a time, can she? She can't read that and answer my question. What's her name? Because why? She had to, discon she had to disconnect her mind. Uh, if, you're, if you're driving a stick shift, you know, manual transmission, and you want to shift gears, you have to do what? Mask the clutch. What does the clutch do? Disengages the what? Engine and the gears. So you can shift. When we're in, the, we're in the flesh and we're dealing with things in a fleshly realm, y'all, we need to pop the clutch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. You know, um, we had a long time ago, what was the lady we had come here and speak? Jean, uh, June, June Evans. June and, June and Jean. She shared the testimony one time that she was, uh, or her, their son, little son, had, had run into a plate glass window. And it had cut his eyes. And, and so she looked at him, and his eyes were just bleeding. I mean, it's bleeding, blood in his face. So June, Jean picked up the little boy and threw him in the car and was taking him to the hospital. And, cause, and June had to stay there with the other, the, little, the baby. So June didn't know what to do. Her mind's filled with fear that her son's blind and, you know, and everything. So June throws herself on the floor and just starts praying in the spirit. That's all she knew to do because her mind is thinking fear, danger, loss. So she falls on the floor and starts praying in tongues. As Jean's riding, driving the kids, the kid to the hospital, all of a sudden the little boy looks over at Jean and says, Dad, where are we going? And Jean goes, I'm taking you to the hospital. Why? Why? And he said, well, you know, you know, such as that center. And Jean looks over at her little boy, and where his eyes were red with blood, all of a sudden they were just normal white. June, Jean turns around, comes back home. Because why? Your mind is unfruitful? Y'all notice that past scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 26? In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. 
for we do not know how to pray as we should. You don't know how to pray. Now, y'all, there may be people in here like Jim Ebel who totally always knows how to pray. <laughs> but, but I'm not one of those people. There, there's times, y'all, that you don't know how to pray. You don't know what to pray. You don't know how to form the words. You don't know what to say. All you know is you're hurting or you're fearful. You're, the circumstance around you are, are trying to dominate you. And you need to hear the things of the Spirit. And so all you can do is pray in tongues. I'm in the ER room this morning. I know that they were probably thinking they were hooking me up and they were reading stuff. And, you know, they eat the... Uh, the heart monitor's doing all kind of weird lights on it and signals of things happening, and, and I'm praying in tongues. So I'm going, okay, God. Because why? I don't know how to pray. I need to disengage. I need to pop the clutch and shift into the Spirit so I can hear the leanings of the Spirit. One of the other things, go to the next slide. The one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but God, for no one understands. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. Mysteries. You know, one of the big revelations that God was showing me this last week is the thing about the mysteries of heaven. You read, you run a concordance search on the word mystery through the New Testament. Mystery is always a reference to, in the New Testament, something that was hidden that is now revealed. Notice the past scripture in Ephesians 3, 9. Bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. So anytime there's a mystery in scripture, it's an invitation for a revelation. So in your spirit, you speak mysteries. Why? You're speaking things hidden down in the depths of you. Notice that past scripture. In, uh, go to the next slide. I'm sorry. Look at this. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. When those hidden things in us, y'all, when you speak in a tongue, when you get down in the depths, because notice that past scripture in Psalm 42:7. Where it talks about deep, calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. One of the things that you do when you pray in a tongue, you pray out of the depths. And you let it flow, let it flow. The depths of you, the things that you've hidden, things you've stuffed down. That's why people hate tongues. I'm going to be honest with you. It makes people uncomfortable. Because why? You getting down deep. I have two, two stories. One time I was ministering to a friend down in Florida. The, the wife was a couple. Paula and I were really close with them. The wife was struggling with some issues. And guy was doing some cool things in her life. And I'm in Virginia. I was in Big Stone. when we lived in Big Stone at the time. And both of them were on the phone. And so all of a sudden I said, I told her, I said, I knew we needed to get down to the depths of her. And I said to her, I said, you know, just pray in the Spirit right now. I want you to pray in the Spirit. So she starts praying in the Spirit. Now her husband's on the other line too. And she starts praying in the Spirit. All of a sudden I'm going, I am getting really uncomfortable. And I'm going, 
I am someplace I ain't supposed to be. Because what's coming out of her is depths. I mean, she's getting, um, excuse me for the term, she's getting naked. Naked? Did I say it right? <laughs> she's getting unclothed. The depths were coming out. And I just said, I just told her, I said, stop. And I just want you to ask you to do this. Paula, one of Paula's favorite things for me to do is pray over her in the spirit. Because she knows that's one of the, the depths. It's coming out of the depths of me. Um, bringing the depths into the light. One time, long, this is a long, long time ago. Is Mike here? Mike Lester? Where are you at, Mike? Mike and I were doing this, uh, we were doing a, I was doing a conference for Chi Alpha. I'm talking about back in the 80s. I think it was the 80s. No, it was a long time ago. 90s? Okay, long time. Anyway, I'm supposed to be the speaker at this conference. And it's just the Virginia Tech Chi Alpha group, and we're there. And I'm sitting in the back. Mike's up front. Somehow you got roped into doing the, the slides, didn't you? And so... I think he was doing the slide. That's back in the days of transparencies <laughs> on the overhead projector. Well, anyway, I'm sitting in the back, and there's a girl in front of me. His worship's going on. All of a sudden, <coughs> she just starts praying in tongues. Worship's going on, and she's just, all she's doing, praying in tongues. Oh, she's just praying in tongues. And, uh, and I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to this, and this is probably going on five, ten minutes. And, and a few minutes later, um, the campus minister comes back in the back and he goes, Rick, uh, what do you think about what's going on with the girl? I, mean, I, I know, I can tell you her name, a lot of you know her. She don't go to church here, but precious woman of God. Um, but then I didn't know her. And he, he said, what do you think's going on with her? I said, I don't know, bro. This is your show. What do you think? And he goes, I just keep hearing her say, help. I can't help myself. And I looked at him and I said, bro, she ain't said a word of English the whole time. And she's hearing, he's hearing the word help. And so, so I just sort of, you know, when something's happened like that, you just kind of be cool and, and just wait. Well, the next night, there was the doorway, the opportunity to minister to her. You know what happened? When she was a senior in high school, she had gotten pregnant. People had encouraged her to get an abortion. But she refused to get an abortion, so she came to Virginia Tech because she wanted to go into Virginia Tech and become a... And she took electrical engineering, rented an apartment, took electrical engineering, and raised a baby. Now, and she would lay in bed at night trying to raise a baby and do school and work and she would cry out to God, help, I can't help myself. And that night, God healed her heart of the loneliness of the times of that place because she was praying in tongues. She, in her spirit, she's praying mysteries. Y'all, we're talking about saturating our souls with the atmosphere of the Spirit. Well, y'all, only 
We can do that for ourselves individually. I can't do it for Paula. What's even more frustrating sometimes, you can't do it for your kids. You can't do it for people in your church. Only, only you and I individually can make a choice to live to the Spirit in the midst of adversities, to raise a hallelujah, to saturate ourselves with the spiritual Word of God, to pray in the Spirit. I, it'd be kind of interesting. Don't, please, don't anybody raise your hands. But I would say a good portion of the people in this body are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can I, Amy, can y'all come up? Y'all been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You speak in tongues. And I, it would be interesting to me to ask you, how many of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues? How often you do it? You know, it's sort of like you get a new toy or something like that, and for a while, it's easy to do. You know, and you get the excitement of praying in the Spirit. But the powerful thing, y'all, is, is that is not a, it's a tool of God that is very, very powerful in the spiritual realm. That literally when we enter into praying in the Spirit, that the Spirit of God, you saturate your soul with the things of the Spirit. So that when Satan comes to squeeze you, what comes out is Holy Ghost. I heard a guy, testimony of a guy the other day that he took $300 and turned $300 into a $30 million business. And somebody asked him, how do you do that? What would what, you do? He said, I heard a teaching on saturating yourself with the things of the Spirit. And this is not where this word came from. I'm sitting in Croatia, and I'm thinking about this word, saturating ourselves with Spirit, and all of a sudden I hear this guy share this testimony, and I'm going, God, you're trying to tell me something. But he said, what he said, I learned, I learned a principle what I do every day is I get up first thing in the morning, I'll pray in the Spirit for one to two hours. One to two hours. I saturate myself with the Spirit of God, and then when I step into the business arena, I will listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. When, when I don't feel something, I don't see Him doing something, I don't do it. When He's doing something, I do it. I, that's how I turn 30, how God turned 30, $300 into 30 million. Sat in your, saturating yourself with the things of the Spirit. So, anyway, I was wrestling how in the world to end this today. And, uh, and I don't like putting people on the spot. I don't like, because when we start talking about praying in the Spirit, to me, it's just like I was sharing with y'all earlier it's your depths. But it is a place also for you if you've had trouble receiving. Like one time there was a lady, I knew she'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and she'd, I knew that she had, it was in her. And I said, you know, so we start praying for her. And a spirit of fear manifested. I'm serious. A serious demonic spirit of fear. And I'm, and I'm thinking we screwed her up, to be honest with you, praying about this. Why she could not speak in tongues? Well, she happened to be from England. And she was raised up in the very, very formal branch of the Anglican church. So intense was that when she would sit in church, she would be in fear of even coughing if she had to sneeze or cough. Any kind of physical expression, she lived in fear. And God set her free of that fear. And y'all, it was a crazy thing. I just walked, she was right in front of her, and, and she got set free of the fear of before of a physical expression before God. I just walked over and I said, 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak her spirit be released. And boom, instantly, she started speaking in tongues. We don't coach, you know. Leanne, you got something. I know I'd always do it. You sure? I think you do. Come here. With the baby, bring the baby. Because there's something about Leanne holding, I'm sorry, what was her name again? Emma. Something about Leanne holding this. Because many times when we start talking about tongues, you know, it gets weird and gets condemnation because maybe people prayed for you and nothing's happened. But just in the same way that Leanne's holding Emma Grace, that's God's heart for you, your spirit in you, just to, to love you, to strengthen you, to be built up, right? You got it yet? the song yeah <laughs> she'll get it in a second Joe you got something come here there's just something about what's on Leanne's heart tenderness right now to communicate and speak into this body about this issue about saturating ourselves with the things of spirit because I just feel some of us in here are so broken down in the depths that you don't want to open it up so, yeah, maybe you can speak to this question. Um, I know it's something I've run into in multiple circles, and it, you know, I've even heard other pastors say there's a real fine dividing line. Uh, good friend of mine, he's like, look, we need if we're going to work together as churches, there needs to be a clear line because, um, I don't know, it's almost like a you've alluded to it a little bit, but it's almost like a, a, a religious type oppression that says, well, you're not born again unless you speak in tongues. And um, so I would just wonder, can you speak to that a little bit? And You want it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, my, I have an experience. Maybe Rick can help back with the word of the experience, but um, when I was, I grew up in a, a, a church that believed that you weren't saved until you started speaking in tongues. So our youth conferences were full of people starting with, ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> um, just because we were supposed to be able to do it to prove that we were saved. And uh, if not, we had to get saved every youth conference, right? Um, you guys can laugh at that. I'm sure some of you have had that experience. Um but to speak to that is, like, one of the things the Lord has put on my heart about receiving the Holy Spirit is, you know, he lives inside of us. And um, just even as Rick, you know, says, do you have something? That, I mean, I'm a firm believer. It says that the thoughts of God are like the sands on the shore towards us. So how could there not be a thought right now from God towards us? How could he not want to speak a word? And I think sometimes uh, what we don't realize is, you know, when we um, receive the Holy Spirit, we have access to all of those thoughts. We have a, a plumb line that we can tap into in doing that. 
And uh, I think the hindrances is we think that we have to manifest it a certain way to prove it to others. And that's the wrong way to use tongues. Because tongues isn't a proof of, of salvation. Um, it's a benefit and a manifestation of relationship. So it's not, um, you know, to look for that in someone or to help them think that they have to have that to prove that God is, uh, the spirit is inside of them is not, is not the way that you want to go about doing it. I would say that the spirit lives inside of you and you've got to connect them to how they have relationship with the Holy Spirit so that they can get the freedom to start walking in the things of God. Does that make sense? I'm trying to answer your question, Joe. Go ahead. Keep going. Um, There's something else you want to say there. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I think the tenderness that Rick caught on when I, when I walked up here is, man, I'm going through a dark season. And how could you be going through a dark season when you hold something as beautiful as this? But it's so much transition and so much change in life. And, and uh, you know, for about 20 years of my life, I went hard after the Lord. I was the one that was doing the three days in a closet without, you know, with just water. Or I was uh, running, you know, praying for two or three hours in the morning and, and getting up early. And that was part of my lifestyle for years. And now I can't even grab 10 minutes. <laughs> and the shame that came with that. And the guilt that came with that and the freedom of the, of the spirit is that at, at every point, I simply started speaking in tongues because I didn't know any other way to connect to the Heavenly Father. I just didn't know any other way. I didn't have any more words. I didn't have any more, um, I didn't have any more religion in me. <laughs> I was at the end of myself. And all I could do is, is speak in tongues. So I want to go back to that it wasn't, like that, like that's the key. It's more of a key of, of relationship. It's not a key of performance. Does that, if that makes sense to anybody. That it's a place of, just, uh, you know, the way that, you know, even Emma cries, you know, and that I can tell the difference between her cries. Moms, dads, you guys know what I mean. But it's a, it's a mystery to me that you can tell the difference between such little intonations of cries and I think that's the way the Lord is with us is that if we would just give him our intonations we just give him the moans we would just give him the little movements of, of our of our spirit that he'll take control of that he'll just totally turn that into a conversation and uh, and that he'll fill us up in doing it and um, I feel like I have a corporate tongue that's supposed to be interpreted funny enough so I think someone's supposed to get uh, in but I won't do that until Rick releases me. Is that a, <laughs> I guess that's a release. So can I pray? Does anybody want to stand with me and just be vulnerable before the Lord and say, I don't have any more words, God. I don't have any more words. I just need the Spirit. I just want to talk in the Spirit. I don't have any more words out of my soul or my flesh. I just don't have any more words. I'm going to give my daughter up to my husband, I think. <laughs> yeah, so Lord, we just come before you just in the vulnerable place. 
vulnerable place of saying, I just want to connect with you, Father. I just want to connect. You say that the, the mysteries are ours, that we can have access to it. Just even that last testimony that Rick shared of just someone tapping into the spirit and just watching dreams unfold and just uh, walking so closely that you, that there would be a testimony of the goodness amongst the living, that there is a place in which the kingdom was expanding. And uh, God, the Holy Spirit is within us. If we know you, then the Holy Spirit is within us. And we can begin to commune at a, a whole different level. And so I just pray right now where, where you felt capped. We just pray for a release over you right now in the name of Jesus. That you can just let it flow out of your mouth. And I just encourage you, even do it now. You know, just in the safety of this place. It doesn't need to be interpreted. It doesn't need to be. This is a safety of place of us practicing our senses and being able to just uh, walk into it. So just begin opening your mouth and just releasing the utterances that are within you. Just begin releasing it. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to make sense to you. It doesn't have to make sense to you. And so, Lord, I ask that you would forgive us where where religion has taken hold and told us that we have to do it a certain way and that because we're not walking in that certain way that, that it's somehow cutting off the plumb line of the words of God to us. And I just, um, I say no more to that lie. I call you out for what you are. I ask for forgiveness on behalf of me and all those standing with me that agree we just say, forgive us, Lord. Let the blood of Christ wash over that place in us right now and let it be clean and let the plumb line open up between God and us that we could hear. Kuriataya sumakiana tia baba aito. Yana ai ki ata er shotomia to konianana ete. Koko aini aete. Koko aini ete. Mayana e soto kuyante. Ko ya ayanto to oso yate. Mononoyata a shotoriateo. Mamayata i a okuyande, Mumianda aero okunia, Yatae, 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 Soyamae tae, Somae atae. You get interpretation on There's about three or four of them in that. Just, uh, I think I want to invite you to come up. I know it's bold enough. Or hold your hand up. Mitch will come to you. Many of you desire to live in the holy place. I invite you to come and live with me 
in the holy place, not just now and then, but continually live in the holy place here with me. You can live here continually. If you've read Psalm 91, you know what you're protected from. All the power of the enemy cannot touch you. And you're here with me in the secret place. It's really easy to get here. Just begin to worship me. Just begin to thank me. Just begin to praise me. Just begin to pray in tongues. And I'll meet you the rest of the way. Come here and be with me in intimacy. Get to know me. Really get to know me. part I'm not afraid of your depths it doesn't intimidate me I relish in your depths so don't hold back yeah Jesus oh this is a place where where the Lord's hand is is on our lives but his eyes are on our heart. And in that place, there's a face-to-face -face thing that, wants, that he wants to take place in our heart where our heart sees his face. Um, not only the expression or the manifestation of that on our lives, which is cool, which is what God's all about, but there's a place where he's like, I want you to see my face. I want you to know my glory. I want you to know my nature and my character and the depths of your heart. Um, and there's a place where he's like, yeah, there's a, my eyes, my eyes are on your, on your heart in this, in this moment. I don't want you to look at me from the depths of your heart and yeah, see me man. for who I am. Amen. 